Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Hey, you want to upgrade your loved one's underwear this holiday season, but without the awkward eye contact? An e-gift card from Tommy John's a perfect way to do it. When you give Tommy John, your loved ones are that much more comfortable so they can do everything better. This softness season, why not give the gift of comfort to everyone on your list, including yourself with the new Tommy John underwear, loungewear, and pajamas. Jim, it's test time. Can we vouch? Rocking the gray Tommy Johns today. I've got them in various colors and I love them. So does Paula. But that's for another show. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, giving Tommy John's a holiday tradition, 97% of women and men love the gift of Tommy John. That's why Tommy John, they don't have customers, they have fanatics. Here's what one of them said. Christmas wants so right. She loves the pajamas. Give the gift of comfort and softness for the colder months. And why not treat yourself? Everything's covered by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free, guarantee. Shop TommyJohn.com slash Bongino right now for the holidays and get 25% off site-wide. 25% off everything for a limited time at TommyJohn.com slash Dan. TommyJohn.com slash Dan for a limited time. TommyJohn.com for details. First up today, we talk with Rand Paul about the COVID cover-up and the new virus coming out of China. You know, he's a doctor. He knows a little bit about that kind of stuff. So check this out. Well, it's, you know, really sad that uh, we've got to deal with another outbreak of a respiratory illness in China. And we can't trust anyone in institutions to tell us the truth. Why? Because they've lied to us over and over. It's a perfect time to have this guest on. You know him, uh, United States Senator Rand Paul. He has a new book out. It's called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. I wish we didn't need a book like this, but unfortunately we do. Senator, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, the cover-up began in China, and the one thing we know for certain, if they're going to have a lockdown again, is that if you disobey, they'll beat the crap out of you with uh, bludgeons and clubs, and they'll seal you in your apartment. I mean, you name it, they'll do it. But the sad thing is, is, you know, we kind of expect that in a totalitarian country, but there were people like Anthony Fauci who applauded the Chinese and said, oh, we wish we could be like the Chinese, <laughs> which is pretty sad. We're talking to Senator Rand Paul. Senator, it's, uh, I, I had put together the show last night before I even uh, knew today was the day you were coming on. And in the beginning of today's show, I covered this exact topic. You're an actual doctor, a real world doctor. So there's no one better to comment on this than you. There's another respiratory illness outbreak in China. And you were one of the lead guys exposing the deception, hence the title of your book, of Dr. Anthony Fauci and others out there as well. It wasn't just him in the public health infrastructure. And I, I think you and I both would agree that the problem with that entire pattern of deception is now you've got this respiratory illness in China that candidly center could be, it could be just pneumonia because of the, you know, uh, the immune systems being not frosty from the lockdowns, but nobody believes anyone anymore because they lie to us all the time. Do they not see the damage they did to institutions? Yeah, and I, I don't think they quite get it because, you know, when Anthony Fauci and others came before our committee, they said, oh, it's the right wing, it's the conservatives that are adding to vaccine hesitancy. And I said, no, it's not. 
It's when the government's dishonest with you, when the government tells you that you need to give your six-month-old a COVID vaccine and you know no six-month-olds are getting uh, sick or dying from this disease and you know instinctively the government's not telling you the truth, then you start to wonder, well, maybe they're not telling me the truth about 75-year-olds. And actually, the truth of the matter is, is in 2020, there were at-risk age groups, older age groups that benefit from the vaccine. But the problem is, is nobody knows what to believe anymore because they haven't been honest. I'll give you an example now. 97% of people over 65 in the U.S. got vaccinated. Let's say you had two vaccines and you've had COVID twice now. Should you keep getting vaccines? Well, they know the answer. They know if you've already had the disease and you've already had a vaccine, what is the chance that you're going to die or go to the hospital? I think it's pretty close to zero, but they won't tell us the information because in all by all appearances, it looks like they've become salesmen for, you know, Pfizer now because they're not really giving us accurate information. But interestingly, people are smarter than their government. Most people are not vaccinating their children because they know children do not get sick from this disease and children do not die from this disease. And it's still experimental and they haven't been honest about all the side effects of it. So it's interesting that the people actually are smarter than the public health experts, but nobody trusts them in China, but nobody also trusts them in the United States as well. Yeah, it's so sad. I mean, when you think about the collapse in faith in institutions, it's interesting. I just right before you said the word vaccine hesitancy, I was writing down uh, with a pen and paper how exactly that vaccine hesitancy is, is up dramatically and it's, it's just people are rational maximizers. I, I love economics. They just rationally try to maximize their own benefit to life. And they're saying to themselves, wait, you guys told me that this thing was relatively cost-free. It was going to stop the transmission of COVID. And we find out later you probably minimize the costs, which were real. And it doesn't stop the transmission of COVID. So vaccine hesitancy is not some conspiracy theory. It's a logical offshoot of a government constantly lying to you about an untested technology they just didn't understand. Yeah, and without question, and see, like I say, people expected this from a totalitarian government. They expected it from China, but nobody really realized how corrupt, evil, misguided, and deluded the people were in our own government. And this is the the story of deception, is that we go through and we show how vast the cover-up was. It wasn't just Anthony Fauci. It was dozens of other scientists. It was people who were receiving money from government. These were scientists who had $9 million grants pending. They got their grant approved after they flipped from their private position. Almost all of them in private were saying via emails they thought that looks like COVID came from the lab in Wuhan. We know we funded it. But in public, they were saying the opposite. But at the same time, they also had grants pending that Anthony Fauci was approving. One scientist for $9 million, and it gets approved two months after he publicly uh, puts out a paper that says nothing to see here. It looks like it came from animals and that you're crazy or a conspiracy theorist if you're arguing that it came from a lab. But it just so happens he also received $9 million at the same time. We're talking to Senator Rand Paul. The book is out now. It's called Deception, the Great COVID Cover-Up. Sounds terrific. Sounds amazing. I have not read the book yet. I'm always honest with the audience, but I'm going to be picking it up actually right after we hang up on Amazon. You should too. Deception, the great COVID cover-up. Senator, obviously you being a medical doctor, you have a different amount of insight into this kind of thing. When, when, When you wrote the book, 
Do you dive into the origins of COVID as well? I assume you do in the constant litany of lies. I mean, we still haven't found, which is incredible given the extent of the global pandemic, they still haven't found this mysterious source pangolin or animal, which you would think given all the assets dedicated to this, if that were in fact a natural origin-based virus, we would have at least have some kind of clue, some kind of zoonotic clue right now, but we don't, which says to me they're probably lying. 80,000 animals were looked at, and they found no animal reservoir. They looked at people also and then from the blood banks for the preceding year and found no antibodies to COVID. If it comes from nature and it comes from an animal, usually it, it tries several times because it doesn't infect humans very well. It infects the animal better, and it has to mutate over time to infect humans. So typically there's a bunch of variety of animal genetic sequences that are infecting humans. Well, they didn't find that. They found one genetic lineage. And when you have one genetic lineage, it points towards one source, a lab. They also found that the virus had a special cleavage site that allowed it to enter into human cells. And they'd never found this naturally before, but they knew that the Chinese were commonly inserting this site to try to create coronaviruses that would infect humans more easily so they could create a vaccine. And in all likelihood, that's what they were trying to do, create a virus that was more infectious to humans in the lab. This is called gain-of-function research. And then they were going to create a vaccine. The only problem is, and we now have this and we've revealed this in the book, the first three people to get infected with coronavirus or with COVID-19 in November 2019 all worked in Dr. Xi's lab creating this gain-of-function virus. And yeah. so the the story just go. It, it is – it is amazing as you read through this, but the most disturbing thing is how Anthony Fauci and all of his friends, not a few of them, virtually all of them in private are emailing back and forth and saying, wow, this virus looks manipulated. It looks like it came from a lab. We know they're doing gain-of-function research. And yet in public, you have Anthony Fauci testifying in my committee adamantly saying, wagging his finger at me, saying, we have never, the NIH has never, ever funded gain-of-function research in China. But it turns out in private, he was readily admitting that they were. Yeah, I mean, we've read the emails on the show. You've read them in hearings. We're talking to Senator Rand Paul. His new book is called Deception, The Great COVID Cover-Up. And with everything going on right now in China, I strongly recommend you pick it up. Senator, your thoughts on that? Uh, you have a medical background. What is your level of concern about this, uh, you know, quote, mystery respiratory illness uh, in China? Is it just a standard run of the mill virus taking advantage of, you know, immune systems being down and depressed? Or is this something potentially novel? I think we don't know yet. I think my concern is that there will be another virus leak from a lab, not necessarily in China. It could be in China, but it could be in the United States or it could be anywhere around the world that these labs exist. So I am concerned about another lab leak. We quote uh, Robert Redfield, who is the CDC director under Trump, who says that he believes it could be 5% uh, lethal or as much as 50% lethal the next time around. Now, what could be going on in China right now is, and some of the news reports have admitted, it's just a conglomeration of a bunch of different things, RSV, different viruses, pneumonias, a bunch of kids are sick, and it's also the time when kids get sick during the year but it is in all likelihood an overreaction that the Chinese are wanting to lock everything down now. Um, but could it come from a lab? Absolutely, because I don't think they've stopped doing this research. And my goal over time is to finally get Democrats on the Hill, on Capitol Hill, to agree that taxpayer money shouldn't be financing this dangerous research. Senator, I'll, I'll let you go after this. Talking to Senator Rand Paul, the new book, Deception, the great COVID cover-up. Go check it out. 
Uh, last question, I'll let you go. I know you're busy, but uh, my fear in this whole thing is, uh, I like, I'm not a scientist, but I, I love science. I love reason. I love logic. I know you do too. You wouldn't be in medicine. We're doing, we're banging our heads against the desk and wondering why we have a headache. The mask, surgical mask uh, fiasco is a scientific abomination. It obviously does not prevent the stop of COVID. Yet I opened up the show today talking about an article in The Sun, how China is going back to masks and social distancing, which clearly didn't work and probably exacerbated the problem. If yeah, we this lose this now, next election, this is going to be everywhere in the country if this comes here. This has now been looked at scientifically and systematically. The Cochrane analysis looked at 78 randomized controlled studies and came to the conclusion that masks don't stop the spread of, of COVID-19. They also have been studied for years with influenza. The vast majority of the masks, and this is the real malpractice of Anthony Fauci, particularly the cloth masks, have openings in the cotton that are about 600 times the size of the virus. So what he was telling you in wearing a cotton mask was not only untruthful, it was malpractice because if you really were trying to prevent the spread of COVID and you were elderly and you were dealing with an elderly spouse and you went in their room to give them food and to take care of them, wearing a cotton mask is no protection at all. And so it's really, it's, it's bad advice. It's, it's actually encouraging you to do risky behavior with the wrong kind of protection. Yes. But even the randomized studies, even the, the, the N95 masks, which have smaller pores and can filter out some of the virus, typically don't work in a public setting because nobody can wear them that way all day long. And people fidget with them. They touch them. The virus gets in and around the mask. And interestingly, after you wear an N95 mask for more than four hours, the moisture from your exhaled air actually gets rid of the electrostatic charge and they don't function as well to filter out uh, the virus after you've been warm for four hours. They work in the hospital because doctors and nurses are very, very careful. They're not perfect, but they do have some benefit in the hospital. But they wear them for about an, uh, you know five to ten minutes in a room. They take them off and throw them away. They don't wear them all day long, and they also wash their hands very carefully, and they're very careful with their technique. But there's no studies showing that masks worn by the general public slow down or do anything to the spread of uh, viral disease. There you go, folks. It sounds like this crazy thing called actual science. Uh, Senator Rand Paul, the book is called Deception, the great COVID cover-up. I see already. I just ordered my copy. It's a bestseller. So congratulations with it. Thanks for spending some time. You're always welcome back. We appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. You got it. <laughs> Jim, it was crazy, like science and stuff. He actually put actual numbers out there, you know, like it's 600 times the size of a liberals. Like, hey, me, bro. Hey, me, divide. What do you mean it's 600? Me, meaning it goes through it and around it and above it. Well, how does that happen? Well, you, if you had a mask like saran wrap, you'd be dead because air wouldn't get in. You'd die. So you shouldn't do that. But the air wouldn't get in. But you ever notice you're breathing pretty fine with those surgical masks on? How is that happening? How's that happening? I don't know, Libs. I don't know. Keep it up. I actually like the mask. You know why? It shows me who the morons are. And if there's a moron disease, I don't want it. So don't contaminate me. I'm walking around the mall. I see people with a mask on. I just walk away because I don't want to be infected with the moron DNA. Maybe it's like a plasmid DNA that like shoots out their nose when they sneeze. I walk on the other side. It's the, the mask is the, you might as well wear a sign on your forehead. I'm a moron who doesn't believe in basic science. You might, you might as well. Up next is one of these critical rants where I just get in a mood. If you miss these on the radio, they're worth hearing here. But first, let me tell you about our next sponsor. 
Folks, you want to discover the incredible benefits of a good night's sleep? Well, it's time to embrace the importance of a restful slumber and introduce yourself to an amazing product that could revolutionize your nighttime routine. Beam Dream's a game changer. I use it during the weekdays. I love it. Their Dream Powder. It's a hot cocoa. It tastes amazing. It's designed specifically for sleep. Could transform your nights. It has for mine. And today, my listeners get a special discount on Beam's Dream Powder. It's our best-selling hot cocoa for sleep with no added sugar. Check out these amazing flavors. Cinnamon cocoa, chocolate peanut butter, and mint chip. Better sleep has never tasted better than that. Dream contains a powerful, all-natural blend. And look these things up, by the way. Do your homework. You'll be impressed. Reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, apigenin, and melatonin help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. As you can tell, like I did today, just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk and enjoy before bedtime. You want to try Beam's best-selling dream powder, take advantage of their biggest sale of the year and get up to 50% off for a limited time when you go to shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use code cyber at checkout. That's shopbeam.com slash Bongino. Use code cyber for up to 50% off. Your body and mind deserve the gift of restful nights. Folks, universities becoming breeding grounds for anti-Americanism. It's about time we called them out. I want you to listen to this. What you witnessed yesterday was one of the single most destructive abominations you're ever going to see up on Capitol Hill. I just saw this on the libs of TikTok, Twitter account during the break. So Harvard, where apparently now um, it's okay, provided the right context that you call for the mass death and genocide of the Jews. Uh, libs of TikTok said, yeah, you can call for killing all the Jews, but definitely don't use the wrong pronouns when you're doing it. Uh, September 14, 2022, Jeremy Puff, Harvard University, Harvard students could be punished for not using preferred pronouns. Report. So just to be clear, if you call for the genocide of the Jews and you use the wrong pronouns for people, you're definitely screwed. But if you use the right pronouns, like Xi, Zhao, Zhou, Zhe, then it's A-OK. No problems at all. Harvard, UPenn, no sweat, folks. Don't you worry. Now the darkest moments in human history make sense. If you ever watch these just short form video sites, reels, TikTok, whatever, you know, I'm on these. I do show prep on them. You know, I don't recommend them to others, but I have to be on them. It's where I get a lot of the stuff. I want to see what the kids are watching, right? You know, there's these videos that come up about all kinds of crazy things and Napoleonic Wars, what medieval torture. And you're like, gosh, how did we do all this awful stuff? After yesterday, it all makes sense. Now you get it. How the intellectual scions of the time can't answer simple questions like, hey, is it okay to call for the mass death of Jews? Uh, I don't know. Kind of depends. If they actually do it, maybe it'll violate the code of conduct. Oh, why? I read this piece. It's in the Wall Street Journal by John Ellis. I can't recommend this piece highly enough. I know I say that a lot, but there is no other degree of recommendation I can provide than this piece. That's It is my highest recommendation. It's called... Higher education's become a threat to America. Our corrupt, radical universities feed every scourge from censorship and crime to anti-Semitism. Amen, John Ellis. I'll just read a quick blurb from this piece in a second. But folks, I've been talking about this on my podcast for eight years and my radio show for the two and a half we've been here. There is not a single large-scale, sociological, large-scale, sociological problem infecting our society and the globe right now that has not had its origins and seed in American universities. I'm not talking about all of them. Yeah, Liberty Hillsdale, 
Auburn. You've got schools who rank high on these free speech rankings. And I want to be clear about this. I don't want conservative schools or liberal schools. I want schools that teach, not indoctrinate. It's not hard. This piece is gold. He talks about everything, how defund the police, sexual indoctrination, all this crap started in universities. Universities, a place supposed to be making America and the globe better, have been making us worse for years. Listen to this. Listen to every word. John Ellis, Wall Street Journal, about the infection coming from higher education. Children's test scores have plummeted. Because college education departments train teachers to prioritize social justice over education. Censorship started with one-party campuses shutting down conservative voices. Yes. The coddling of criminals originated with academia's devotion. The idea that criminals are victims, not victimizers. Yes. The drive to separate children from their parents begins in long-standing campus contempt for the suburban home and nuclear family. Yes. Radicalized college journalism departments promote far-left advocacy. Yes, sir. Open borders reflects pro-globalism and anti-nation state sentiment among radical professors. Damn right. DEI nonsense. Threw the nonsense in there. Started as a campus ruse to justify racial quotas. Yes, it did. And finally, campus anti-Semitism grew out of ideologies like anti-colonialism. Anti-capitalism and intersectionality. You are damn right. Ladies and gentlemen, colleges have become a cancerous infection on this country. Not all of them, but a whole lot of them. I got in a little fight this morning, as I always did. Well, kind of one way, because of something I read. But someone had the balls to say to me on Twitter, well, Dan, what do you propose as solutions? Are you kidding me, bro? You even listen to my show, and if you don't, maybe you should shut up until you do. I've been talking about this for eight freaking years on my podcast. Eight years. You can actually listen and do homework if you weren't such a moron. Colleges are doing all of this. Oh, Dan, well... The problem with the FBI and the military and stuff. Yes, that started at American universities. Where do you think the FBI people like Jim Comey and these other idiots who chose this nonsense theory that we're in charge, you're not, so we're going to punish our political opponents, got this from? They got it from socialists and tyrants on college campuses. Where do you think the legal profession that finds mysterious penumbras in the Constitution got that crazy idea from. They got it from crazed university law schools. Where do you think trained medical professionals who've been taught do no harm, who cut the nuts off little kids thought that was a good idea, where do you think that came from? Crazed universities. Defund the police. The exploitation narrative, anti-colonialism, that all comes from universities. Jim, cut two, if you would. This is Elise Stefanik, again, round two off the top ropes here. Total Randy Macho Man from the top ropes for Elise Stefanik. Do we glorify politicians, folks? Yes, in unison. No, we don't. We respect outcomes. 
Oh, this is great. Jim just said Harvard will offer a 2024 course on Taylor Swift, taught by a professor who's a biological male but identifies as a trans woman and is a super fan of Taylor Swift. Ah, uh, you know, maybe teach a course on how to avoid another mass genocide. I could, I don't know, just going to throw that out there. Here's the Harvard president, Claudine Gay, absolutely horrifying human being. Her and Liz McGill should resign immediately. No one, and I mean no one in this listening audience. I don't care if you went to Harvard. I don't care if you went to UPenn or any of these other crap schools out there who claim to be the you know intellectual scions. If you donate another dollar to this, I want you to know you're part of the problem. I'm very sorry to tell you that. You are paying to spread this infection across the globe, not just America. Here's Elise Stefanik blasting this Harvard president, Claudine Gay, a disgrace to humankind over their grotesque policies on this over at Harvard. Check this out. We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable. You and I both know that's not the case. You are aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's true. The data absolutely shows it true. I'll I'll show you right here. Jim, cue up for me. Cut six. Here's Congressman Jim Banks. Jim Banks points out the hypocrisy to these idiots right here. That you guys are saying on one hand, you poison Ivy League. Someone told me Chris Plants. I don't know. Whoever said it, it doesn't matter. It's a great. But these poison Ivy League presidents. These poison Ivy League presidents are trying to say two completely contradictory things. They're saying on one hand that we respect free speech and you're allowed to call for the genocide and mass death of the Jews on our campus without violating our code of conduct. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a free speech absolutist as long as you're not breaking the law. Calling for someone's death is breaking the law. It could be menacing, harassment. Calling for the mass death of people is sociopathic and just plain evil. However, you can't have it both ways. These are the same college campuses, and this is a fact, where if a conservative shows up, the heckler's veto kicks in. You got to pay five, $6,000 to provide security for your own event because they're afraid you'll be killed by liberals who hate you. Here's Jim Banks, cut six, pointing this exact fact out to these frauds that they are making this thing up. They are not guardians of free speech. They're frauds. Check this out. In the aftermath and- of the Palestinian rights festival, you and your board chairman wrote a memo outlining Penn's free speech policies You said, quote, Penn does not regulate the content of speech or symbolic behavior. You wrote, including speech, quote, incompatible with the school's values. You went on to say that Penn does not have a policy against hate speech because, quote, defining and policing robust debate, even with respect to the most disturbing issues, is unwise. That's what you wrote. But in 2013, Penn canceled now Prime Minister Modi's scheduled keynote address at a Wharton-hosted economic forum in the face of opposition from Indian American professors. And for the past year, your administration has sought to punish Amy Wax, a tenured law professor for her stance on DEI and identity issues. And then you canceled an event with former ICE director Tom Holman due to disruptive student protest 
simply because he worked for former President Donald Trump. Ms. McGill, the fact is that Penn regulates speech that it doesn't like. Everyone gets this. Uh, no one more than the faculty and students who know exactly where the lines are that they're okay to cross. Folks, these people are frauds. And to this guy, Bill, on Facebook, so now you support censorship? Bill, go F yourself, bro. You're a moron. You don't listen to my show. Really, seriously, take it and, you know, go do that to yourself. I really, I can't tolerate morons. So please turn the show off. I don't want you. Nobody wants you. Your family hates you. You're probably a loser. So again, just take it and stick it up your, you know. Okay, it's one thing Jim said I, you know, I got to be careful with, right? It's like, but it, yeah, I, it is, it's Wednesday though. So December is Wednesday. I got the... No, no, I definitely got a memo on this one. No, it's in my email box. You want to read it? Is that a spam account? That's not real? Oh, oh, that's good. I'm glad you said that. I'm fake, total fake news. I do not believe in censorship, Bill. But I do believe in condemning what's immoral and evil, unlike you. You're a disgrace. You're a disgusting person. If you have kids, do they hate you? Because I hate you. Because you're a piece of garbage. Because you don't listen to my show, and you're just a straight-up a-hole. I actually have invested my entire financial future in providing a free speech platform for people who say abhorrent things like calling for from the river to the sea. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to say it. What I'm telling you is I'm going to morally condemn it. And what I'm telling you is universities that don't allow conservatives to go on campus and say, hey, the Bill of Rights is a good thing, should probably have a code of conduct that says, listen, on our campus, you probably shouldn't call for the mass murder of people. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm not suggesting the government do a damn thing about it. I'm suggesting that universities should maybe have some common sense and say to themselves, hey, if we're going to provide free speech for everyone, then fine, let's provide it. But if we're not going to provide free speech for everyone as private universities, then maybe it's a good freaking idea, a-hole, to call out mass genocide, you piece of human waste. You're a piece of garbage. And so is anyone else listening to this who doesn't understand what I'm saying. I'm not suggesting the government go raid these college campuses and lock these morons up. Frankly, I'd rather them expose themselves by calling for from the river to the sea so we know who the terrorists are. I'm exposing blanket hypocrisy in the form of hierarchy amongst a bunch of tyrants who would kill you tomorrow. That you're too freaking stupid to see. Because you probably want the Jews dead yourself. And that's a fact. Just admit what you are. You hate the Jews. You want to see them dead. And you would you love it that people can say that on a college campus. If it was any other ethnic group, losers like this guy would be the first one screaming for people to be thrown in speech prisons. But because you hate the Jews, you passionately hate the Jews, you love this. Just admit it, you sick bastard. Just admit it. Yeah, I'm angry. These are human beings, man. I'm not Jewish. I'm Catholic. It doesn't matter. These are human beings. Walking on a college campus with the Star of David, afraid of getting shanked in the back. There's a piece of garbage like you. Up next, another great interview, but let's talk about our next sponsor. 
Diversify your savings with physical precious metals while stockpiling silver in your home safe. It's Birch Gold Group's most popular special of the year now through December 22nd. For every $5,000 you spend with Birch Gold, they'll send you a one-ounce silver Eagle coin for free. Text DAN, D-A-N, to 989898 to claim your eligibility now. You can purchase gold and silver and have it shipped directly to your house or have Birch Gold's precious metal specialist help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold for no money out of pocket. And they'll send you free silver for every $5,000 you purchase. Keep it for yourself or give something with real value as a stocking stuffer this year. Just text the keyword DAN to 989898 to claim your eligibility. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, me included, now is the best time to buy gold from Birch Gold. Text DAN to 989898 claim your eligibility for free silver on qualifying purchases before December 22nd. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. Senator Mike Lee torched FBI Director Ray on Capitol Hill for spying on Americans this week. He's not really the get angry type of guy, but this is worth hearing. This interview really says a lot about where we are in relationship to the Constitution and our liberties. Check this out. Always uh, pleased to have this fine gentleman on. He is a United States senator from the absolutely beautiful state of Utah. If you haven't been there, highly recommend you go there. A good friend to the show and a man who loves the Constitution, Senator Mike Lee. Senator, thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for inviting me, Dan. Good to be with you. Uh, Of course. We're always happy to have you. I was watching some video of you on social media in a hearing today on FISA reauthorization. And, uh, Senator, I I, I hate to say it, it pains me to say it, but you're one of few United States senators who seems to actually understand what this is. I, I subscribe, like you, to the Occam's razor theory. The most simple explanation is the likeliest one. And we have a court system, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act-based court system through this FISA law, that doesn't require a warrant under certain circumstances for United States citizens. That's just the facts, and it's been abused, and that's a fact, too. So what did Christopher Ray say about it today when you quizzed him on uh, all the mistakes they've made with this system? In essence, Dan, uh, FBI Director Christopher Ray said, don't worry about it. We've got it covered. Don't worry about it. We have our own internal procedures. We have good people at the FBI. They are law-abiding people. Just trust us. Here's the problem, Dan. I've been on this for 13 years, the entire time I've been in the Senate and a member of the Judiciary Committee. I've heard the same darn thing from every FBI director, from uh, all three administrations that have served during that time period, for both political parties. They all say the same thing, and they're always wrong. The fact is, when you allow people in the FBI to gain access to information in which Americans have a reasonable expectation of privacy, namely their phone calls and their private emails and text conversations, the government's supposed to get a warrant been that way since 1791 and it always will be uh, that way as long as the fourth amendment remains uh, the force of law but they've been ignoring it they've been ignoring it and been conducting hundreds of thousands of warrantless so-called backdoor searches of this database in which they're able to collect what they call incidental communications conversations that you have with somebody who is being surveilled under the foreign intelligence surveillance act you may never know that you're talking to somebody who's on one of those lists, but your phone calls are being recorded anyway, if you are. And then once those phone calls are on that database, they can search those without getting a warrant. That's what we're trying to change. And that's what the FBI is resisting. 
Uh, Senator, I was watching the the clip of you questioning FBI Director Ray on this, uh, what I believe to be obviously patently unconstitutional system of surveillance. And you said something I I thought was excellent. You're a student of history yourself. You said, listen, you know, practically, uh, and forgive me, I'm not getting your words exactly right, but paraphrasing, you said pretty much every tyranny in human history or something to that effect has used the exact same excuse you're using now to continue doing this. Well, if we had to go get a warrant, it would be hard. That's the point, Senator. It's supposed to be hard in a constitutional republic to spy on a free citizenry. That's the point. It's always been hard. It's supposed to be hard. That is the whole point. In fact, this goes back even to before we were a country. In 1763, uh, a member of British Parliament by the name of John Wilkes was arrested. He was arrested for criticizing Uh, the government of King George III, because, among other things, they were using general warrants and writs of assistance. These documents that basically would say, go out, law enforcement, find evidence of crimes, and uh, we hereby authorize you to do that. Well, that's kind of a problem, because it was was already somewhat well-established under British law at the time, well before the American Revolution even began, that you couldn't do that. And that's one of the reasons why we have a Fourth Amendment. One of the reasons why our Fourth Amendment says that you have to get a warrant to perform this kind of a search. And that in order to get that kind of a warrant, you have to establish probable cause. And it has to be based on evidence describing with particularity what it is that you want to be searched. And so, yes, it's always going to make it harder. Yes, governments are always going to complain before doing it. And yes, they're always going to complain that they can't reasonably do this. They still have to because bad things happen when they don't. That's why we have a Constitution, and that's sure as heck why we have a Fourth Amendment. Senator, as a former law enforcement officer at the city and federal level, I I candidly don't understand what the issue is. I have called for warrants when we're involved in criminal investigations. You can get a magistrate on the phone there's an emergency magistrate for an emergency search warrant and they can author. It doesn't happen often, but they can authorize this stuff over the phone. It's not hard. You have a cell phone. None of this is complicated. They just don't want to do it because they feel it's some administrative burden and they're, they're, they're better than that. Can I, can I switch topics a minute though? I know we've got a lot to sure. say on this, but I've got you for a limited time. We're talking to Senator Mike Lee from the great state of Utah. Uh, you, you know, when I first met you, I was really impressed impressed you you have a grasp of the constitution sadly uh, many of your uh, colleagues up there don't seem to have grasped but this Moore case in the supreme court over the uh what income is this is a huge deal it's not getting a lot of media i'm not hearing about it the essence of the case is simple uh, the united states government is trying to again unconstitutionally say that a guy who was invested in an overseas company who never realized the gains, who never cashed out this, this stock he had now has to pay taxes on a stock. He never cashed in the cases. It's the Moore case. It's in the Supreme court. Senator, if we lose this case in the Supreme court, the constitutional side, it's open season. There's going to be an Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, wealth tax. They could tax you on the value of your home, your boat, your baseball card collection, the constitution as we know it, as it comes to the income tax and the amendment process is finished. Yes, I I agree with you. It's a huge problem if they start finding that something that amounts to an unrealized gain, that is an asset that you have that for whatever reason the government decides it wants to tax. If that isn't actually income, but they tax it as income, we've got a huge set of problems. Remember, Dan, 
the federal government doesn't have just plenary authority to collect any kind of taxes it wants for any reason. Right. It can collect a few things, but direct taxes going directly to an individual either has to be uh, has to be apportioned among the states, which right. which we tend not to do. It's very very difficult, or has to be income. Otherwise, they're left with indirect taxes like tariffs and things like that. So if this is, in fact, something that they're taxing, it's not income, so it doesn't belong under the 16th Amendment, and it hasn't been apportioned, and it is a direct tax, so it's unconstitutional. It's a very dangerous thing to even be toying with the idea of moving forward with taxing those things. Yeah, it's a, it's a horrendous idea, uh, folks. I'm warning you. I'm gonna. I was gonna cover this yesterday. If if this if we lose this case in the Supreme Court, the Moore case, M O O R E, uh, you're in a world of trouble. I mean, I'm not kidding. When you could be taxed on the art in your house, it's gonna be open season. Senator, a couple more things. Well, I got you. Senator Kevin Kramer wrote an excellent piece in the Wall Street Journal about a topic I know is is near and dear to your heart for all the wrong reasons. This explosion in deference to bureaucratic entities in the government, this Chevron deference, where, uh, you know what, the bureaucrats will figure it out. Now, it's not the way this works, as you know, Senator, that system was designed so that you guys in the Congress and the Senate figure it out. That's the way the system was written, not the bureaucrats. It's a way for political accountability. But he wrote this piece about the Federal Highway Administration that they've just usurped the authority to regulate tailpipes all over the country despite the fact that they were expressly prohibited from doing so when they wiped that portion out of the Inflation Reduction Act. Now, without getting into the weeds about that specific case, this is a huge problem in the United States right now. The fact that unelected bureaucrats, neither you, you're a citizen too, or I, can get rid of, are really doing most of the legislative work your body is supposed to be doing right now. Oh, that's exactly right. Look, the most dangerous power in the government is the power to make laws. Remember, we've got three branches, one that makes the law, that's the branch where I work, one that enforces the law, or is supposed to, another that interprets the law. Uh, by far, the most dangerous of those three powers is the power to make law. That's like the founding fathers wisely entrusted it only with the branch of government most accountable to the people at the most regular intervals. Article 1, Section 1, and Article 1, Section 7 make abundantly clear you cannot make a federal law except through Congress. Congress has to pass the same bill in the House and in the Senate and then present it to the president for signature veto or acquiescence. If you don't follow that formula, you do not have a federal law. And yet for the better part of the last 86 years, Congress has been on a tear. It's been on this awful, awful pattern in which it has delegated out the lawmaking power. We hereby declare, we pass a law that says we shall have good law in Area X, and we hereby delegate to commission or department or agency Y the power to make and interpret and enforce good law in area X. That's delegating a non-delegable task for reasons that escape and astound me. The Supreme Court doesn't stop it. The Supreme Court refuses to enforce that part of the Constitution. And for reasons that doubly perplex me, the United States Congress isn't jealously guarding its own power. It turns out members would rather not have to do the work to begin with or face the accountability with voters that goes along with making all these laws. So we continue to delegate. And then those agencies making all this law come before court. They disagree. The parties disagree as to whether they were empowered. And the courts get lazy and the courts say, well, we'll just defer to the agency. So we are now subject to the tyranny, the micro tyranny of these micro dictators all over the executive branch of government. Nameless, faceless bureaucrats who, while well-educated, well-intentioned, hardworking and specialized, do not work for you. You cannot fire them. They're like miniature King George's 
that we can't remove. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's frightening to me because some of them, as you've seen in the SEC and elsewhere, they have their own court system too. It's it's the it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. The founding fathers would be rolling in their graves if they understood where we were right now. Last question, I'll let you go. We're talking to Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Senator, I'm not suggesting there. You're you're obviously a United States senator. I'm not suggesting there's some government role for this, but I'm I'm increasingly worried about the war against people like Elon Musk. Um, and others, people who don't tow the far left narrative uh, when he purchased uh, X, formerly uh, Twitter. The war on him is really disturbing. It's obviously coordinated, um, whether it's through winks and nods, I don't know. But the media, the left, the left wingers in government, um, they just don't like Elon because he doesn't, you know, tow their, tow their line, they, their, their, their preferred narrative du jour. Is the only solution yep. to this, is there is any is there any government role in this at all that won't metastasize to being even more dangerous to free speech? Or is the only solution just the free market and a parallel economy? I know you've thought about this kind of stuff, and I stew on it all the time. The closest thing I can think of to a government solution is, number one, keep the government right-sized and focused only on what government can do so that it doesn't metastasize into government. Number two, make sure that our laws protecting competition our competition policy laws, our antitrust laws are operating and enforceable because anytime people try to attack someone like Elon Musk, they tend to collude in a way that would violate antitrust laws, cartel type behavior. That's really the uh, gravamen. That's the enabling force of the entire ESG movement is uh, organized collusive efforts among various corporate interests. That kind of collusion is dangerous. It's also illegal. It should be enforced. And without that, the ESG movement would grind to a screeching halt immediately. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you that 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 it's so interesting, Senator, how, you know, that the radical left from Jennings, Bryan on has always claimed, uh, you know, they were they were anti-monopolist. Damn you, Rockefeller and all that. And now you have actual evidence of a cartel like monopoly trying to destroy competition. And the left loves it. They think it's the greatest thing. They're such absolute frauds. But I, I got to run. Senator, thanks for fighting a good fight on FISA. Uh, This means a lot to me and my audience. I get a ton of emails about it. They understand the growing danger of these uh, supra constitutional courts. And uh, I know you've been one of the leading advocates up there. And uh, we're going to be covering your comments tomorrow on the show at length. I, I have them all ready to go. So thanks for coming on. Thank you, sir. You got it. Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Obviously one of the good guys. And you know what I like about the senator is, there's never a question. Jim, we did not prep him with those questions, correct? Outside of FISA. It doesn't matter. The Kevin Kramer op-ed, the Moore case, he's ready to go. There's no uh, stammering around because you know why? He actually does his homework. That's why. Crazy. Like people who actually know what they're talking about up on the hill. There are some good guys. Up next, a really interesting interview. But first, our next sponsor. Here, Hey, the holidays are here. Let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. Shop carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make spirits bright all winter long. Go to omahasteaks.com and save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code Bongino, my last name at checkout, you get an additional $30 off your order. Send tender, juicy, butcher's cut filet mignons, mouth-watering burgers, gourmet jumbo franks, or even easy-to-prepare meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks, my fave, is ready to ship your order right away. Shop early, beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code Bongino at checkout for this amazing food. It's a gift from the heart, and it just tastes incredible. A gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Steak, a little medium. I cook it medium. 
Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use promo code Bongino at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Gary Breck is a guy I follow closely. He has a lot of positive life facts to help you live the best life you can. We're going to have a full-length interview with him coming up on the podcast in the coming weeks, so stay tuned for that. But check out this preview here. So, folks, as I told you before, it's the end of the year. It's the Christmas season, the New Year's season right around the block, and everybody starts making New Year's resolutions. I want to get healthier, skinnier, feel better. Yeah, me too. And you know where I go? I go to this guy because he's great. I found him on the interwebs a long time ago doing viral videos on how you can hack your life and do these little tricks. And you know what? They all worked. I want to welcome to the show a really great guy, Gary Brecka. Gary, thanks for spending some time with us. Really appreciate it. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Dan. You're the best. His website, folks, is theultimatehuman.com. If you want to learn more, I have a long-form podcast with him. We already taped. That's going to be coming out in a couple weeks. But we got about 15 minutes with you now. So, Gary, I found you on a couple video sites, and you were saying some of these things, these life hacks, and I got to tell you, as I said on the podcast, they sounded a little crazy. I'm like, grounding? Going out and contacting the earth with your bare feet in the morning? I'm like, that sounds nuts. Until I actually yeah. started doing it, and I started feeling better. Well, why does that work? Where did you get that from? Well, you know, we really get three. And we get magnetism from the earth. We get oxygen from light from the sun. And, and the further we get away from these basics, you know, the sicker we become. I mean, the truth is God gave us everything that we need to thrive. And, you know, when a human being touches the surface of the earth, and I'm talking about bare feet, talking, touching um, grass, cert, dirt, you know, sand, soil, um, what happens is we actually discharge into the earth. Human beings build up a charge. You know, remember that we have this scale called the pH scale, you know, acid and alkaline. And pH stands for potential hydrogen. It's actually a charge. So when we discharge into the earth, what happens is we ground ourselves very much like an electrical circuit grounds itself. And when that happens, you actually change the polarity of the cells in the body. And so what happens is instead of sticking together and clumping up, they're the same charge. So they repel like two North Poles of a magnet, which from a cellular perspective, that's kind of what you want, right? You want plenty of surface area for that cell to exchange with its outside environment, eliminate waste, repair, detoxify, regenerate. And, you know, I wish it actually costed mo- cost money or it was a prescription because I think people right. would take it's, it seriously. Right. Because you should charge. That's a great idea, Gary. Fifteen ninety nine from Gary. It's 50 cents for this. You know, just this tip. You know? <laughs> no, it's, it's true. People impart value if you charge. And that's what I, I really love about your stuff. By the way, Gary's website's theultimatehuman.com. What I love about your advice, Gary, is 90% of it is free. Let's go to another one that's pretty much free. I mean, we all pay a water bill, but outside of that, it's nominal. A, a cold shower in the morning. Now, this is one of those things, again, folks, check out with your doctor for, I don't know if you have a heart condition or whatever. Um, but I started doing this on your advice. I watch your videos. Like I said, I take the coldest shower I can first thing in the morning. I'm in there about 60 seconds to 90 seconds. I'm not going to tell you it feels great, but Gary, of all the things you've ever told me to do in your videos, when you were talking to me and I wasn't talking back, that one has really changed my life the most. Why does that work? 
impactful, Dan. I mean, when you when when we challenge the body, so there's a process in the in the human body called hormesis. And what it means is you stress the body and it strengthens, right? We have to stop thinking about all stress as being negative, right? We have to stop telling grandma not to go outside, it's too hot, not to go outside, it's too cold, just to lay down, just to relax, just to eat at the first pang of hunger. This is kind of destroying all of our natural defense mechanisms. Remember, if you don't load a bone, it won't strengthen. If you don't actually tear a muscle, it won't grow. And if you don't challenge the immune system, it will weaken, when, you know, which is part of the reason why we're seeing the, the right. side effect of a global weakening of the immune system coming out of the pandemic. I mean, one of the worst things to happen to us was residential quarantining, masking, social distancing. These just collapsed our natural defense mechanisms. But one of these is exposing ourselves to cold water. And I have a saying that aging is the aggressive pursuit of comfort. And the reason why I say that is because most people won't do this because it's uncomfortable. Not even for one to three minutes. But the truth is, if you expose yourself to cold for one to three minutes, just finish your shower, lather up, rinse off. When you're done, turn that water as cold as it will get. Step out of that stream, take a nice deep breath, and then just step right back into that stream of cold water and deal with it for one minute. What's going to happen is your body's going to flood the brain with endorphins. You're going to have a dopamine spike. Um, which feels amazing. You're actually going to have a peripheral vasospasm, so it's going to drive all that oxygen into your core, your liver, your lungs, your pancreas, your kidneys, your brain, and it's going to activate something called brown fat. Now, the white fat is the fat that we see that we all don't like, right? That's what gives us our beer belly, and it's our visceral fat. But we have a special type of fat in our body called brown fat. This is your thermostat. Right. So in other words, how is it that we're able to maintain a temperature gradient against our outside environment? Right. How can my body be at 98.6 with the environment being at, let's say, 70 degrees? Well, it's because brown fat as our thermostat, it exchanges calories for heat. So it turns calories into heat. And so when you step into cold water um, and you reduce your body temperature, your liver releases a very special type of protein called a cold shock protein. And it turns on this brown fat to activate your thermogenic response. And I'm telling you, as your body warms back up to normal body temperature, you're burning excess calories. So it has weight loss benefits. It has emotional and mood benefits. Um, It has benefits to exercising your vascular system. I know we don't think about exercising our vascular system, but it's true. Our arteries are smooth muscle. They have the ability to constrict and to dilate. And, you know, I tell people, just try this for one minute a day, every day for seven days. In addition, if you can, just contact the surface of the earth for three to six minutes a day. That's it, three to six minutes a day. And then expose your skin to a little bit of sunlight. Um, even if you're in a dark climate or it's a hazy day, get outside and do a little bit of breathing outside. And you just let me know how those four things change the trajectory of your life, and they will add zero. Gary, to it's magic. It, it's magic. It's magic. Uh, folks, listen, I can personally attest to it. I made no significant changes in my life before I, I, I took that advice from Gary. Again, I was watching his videos. I didn't know him. I, I met him at the UFC. We've, we've known each other now just for a couple of weeks. But he was super kind to me. And it was interesting. Something happened at the UFC, Gary, because you had a big, profound effect on Dana White's life. He talks about it a lot. You got him into the cold plunging. And we were he was nice enough to sit us right there. And Dana was right in front of me. And he had sat Tucker Carlson to my right. So Tucker was asking me about all this stuff and I, about life hacks and stuff. And I pointed to you. 
And I said, well, Gary got me into this cold plunging thing. And I said, my mood has completely changed. I have an issue I talk about on the air a lot, sadly, Gary, with depression, clinical depression right. in my family. It's a big deal. I have felt amazing. And I tapped Dana and I said, Dana, tell Tucker about cold plunging. And I swear in the middle of the fight, he turned around. He goes, dude, it'll change your entire life. It is that powerful emotionally <laughs> so for me. True. It, it is. It's life changing. It is, it let me, let me is, get... it is actually just, you know, so true. I talked to Tucker about it, uh, you know, that night as well. And, um, you know, the, the, these are simple things, simple challenges, right, that can solicit this hormetic response in the body, this response where we where we challenge the body and it responds by strengthening, you know, just like going to the gym. I mean, the whole purpose of going to the gym is to actually injure right. yourself, right? It's to tear muscle, not to actually cause an injury, but I mean to tear muscle. And then the body right. responds by by growing that muscle back stronger, right? So we can right the mechanical stress. stress. Yeah, listen, it's the yeah. response exactly. Gary, I got about uh, four minutes left, uh, but I want to hit you okay. with a couple more things. Talking to Gary Brecka, his website. If you want to know more, is theultimatehuman.com. Highly, highly recommend. You have a, this coffee trick in the morning, which is another one that was a real life changer for me. Like most Americans, I get up. First thing you do, you make a beeline for the coffee pot. Maybe two minutes, depending on how fast I can run from the bed to the coffee pot. <laughs> and I heard you do a video. You know it's true. We all do it. And you did this video one time and you said, if you can wait 60 to 90 minutes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is torture. Why? Why does that work where you wait 60 to 90 minutes after you get up in the morning before you have your coffee? Because I tried it and it 100 percent changes the coffee experience, if you want to call it that. No question, because in the first 60 to 90 minutes upon waking, we're having a cortisol and melatonin balancing response in the brain. So in other words, cortisol is rising because this is our waking hormone. Melatonin is falling. This is tied to our sleep circadian sleep cycle. And if we jump into the middle of that, we get a third of the benefits that we could get from the, from ingesting caffeine. I have no issues with caffeine. Caffeine gets a bad rap in a lot of circles. Obviously, you can overconsume it, but a cup of coffee has about 200 milligrams of caffeine. It's not a big deal, just about safe for just about anybody unless they have a severe cardiac condition. But when you wake up in the morning and you actually allow that normal sleep-wake cycle to progress for the first 60 to 90 minutes of the day, just try this. Have your coffee 60 to 90 minutes after waking up, and you're going to go, oh, my God, I felt clear, cognizant, and awake for four or five hours instead of it barely even having an effect but being more of a habit, and, and which causes you to continue to consume more. Allow that sleep-wake cycle to continue its circadian cycle for 60 to 90 minutes after you're out of bed, and then, bang, drink your coffee then, and I promise you – a different stimulation response with no jitters, no crash, and a sustained um, uh, response to that to that caffeine ingestion. One hundred percent works. I did it this morning. Absolutely works. Last question. Got about two minutes left. Talking to Gary Brecka's website, theultimatehuman.com. Gary, the critical. I know I keep saying with everyone these things are critical, but they really have been life changing for me. The critical importance, if you can of getting first sunlight in your eyeballs on your skin in the morning. Again, why does that change everything? I, I wake up right away. Oh, my God. This is an absolute game changer, too. I mean, and every one of us has access to sunlight. God gives it to us every morning. And you don't actually have to go out in the sun. You get near a window where you can actually see the horizon, see the sun. Because remember, during the first 45 minutes of the day, Dan, there's a very special type of light. It's called first light. 
And during that first 45 minutes, there's no UVA and no UVB. So no, none of those rays that damage the skin that cause premature aging and wrinkles. But it does allow the body to photosynthesize in a way to make vitamin D3. Now, plants photosynthesize, but human beings are, are very photovoltaic beings. And when sunlight hits our skin and our eyes in the morning... We start to make natural vitamin D3, the only vitamin that a human being can make on our own. And it also resets the cortisol and melatonin receptors. There's hordes of research that shows that by exposing your skin or your eyes directly to sunlight in the morning, not staring right at the sun, but staring in the direction of the sun onto the horizon, will reset cortisol and melatonin receptors so that it actually improves your sleep cycle that night. These things are life hacks. They're free. They're simple. You can incorporate them easily into your daily routine, and they will change the entire trajectory of your life. Folks, this is just the beginning. If you check out Gary's videos, he's on Instagram. It's Gary Brecka, B-R-E-C-K-A. You can follow him on Instagram. He's He's gone viral on TikTok a thousand different times. He's got, this is just the beginning. He's got tons of tips about B12, red light therapy, oxygen therapy. Uh, he's really great. The website's theultimatehuman.com. I have a full length podcast coming up with him. We already taped it. It's amazing. Gary, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome back anytime. We'd love to have you back. I'm already getting feedback on my Facebook. People absolutely love this segment. So thanks for spending oh, a few minutes so with awesome, us. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Dan, I, I deeply appreciate your work, man, and I'll do anything to support you, man. Please keep up the good thanks, fight. Brother. You're a good You man. got it. There brother. you go, folks. Gary Brecka. I, I, I've incorporated this stuff into my life. We've already recorded the podcast. It's about an hour long. He goes into real detail in this stuff. The breathing therapy, breath work, breath work. Oh, what is that? What are we, oh, we're not some kind of spiritual meditation thing? No, I've tried it. No, it works. Like it actually works. I'm telling you, this stuff is for real and laugh at it at your own peril. I'm 49, recovered from a near fatal disease that could have killed me. And I'm telling you outside of some arthritis pains, I've never felt better in my life. Your body's your temple. God gave you one of them. It's your job to go take care of it. This stuff is all free. He's uh, theultimatehuman.com. Check him out. And I'll give you a heads up when that podcast drops. Thanks for listening to the special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You can hear me every weekday across the country in over 300 stations. Go to Bongino.com and click on Station Finder to find out where I'm on near you. And check out the live stream of my podcast starting at 11 a.m. Eastern right before the radio show. Thanks for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.